Well, good morning. Good morning. Thank you. Thank you, Craig. My name is Jake. Someone gave me a microphone. I don't know why they did that. That's not, that's not always a good idea. Um, I work here at the church. I'm the community life coordinator. I still don't know what that title means 100%. I think, you know, I do communication stuff, social media stuff, a few different things. Uh, if you're my family in the crowd, my name's Jacob. Shout out. It's my mom and my dad and my sister over there. They call me Jacob. Um, I'm going to be, uh, I have the opportunity to share with you guys this morning, and I'm going to be talking about uh, what it means to be under the authority of God, under the authority of Jesus. And that word often has a lot of baggage, right? Authority, I, I don't know, like when I hear that word, if you're doing a word association exercise, I think like slave master or like prison guard, like authority, you know, like I'm going to enforce something. But I want to I just kind of shift, I, th- I think God's been shifting my understanding of what it means to be under his authority, and I wanted to kind of share that with you guys this morning. So, um, we're going to be speaking out of his Matthew 8, 23. If you have your Bibles with you, I'm going to read a short passage from Matthew 8, 23 to chapter 9, 9. If you have your Bible or your phone. And just while you guys are flipping to that, let's just, uh, let's just open up in prayer. Lord, thank you for this beautiful day. Thank you for your heart and for your love for us. And God, I'm extremely conscious this morning of uh, my need for you to speak. I don't want to be teaching this morning. I want it to be you, Father. So I pray that I would be in the background and you would be in the foreground this morning and that you would come and that you would speak to us, that you would teach us, that you would encourage us and build us up. So come, Holy Spirit, come in your power. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so if you're a Christian here this morning, that means at some point in your life you asked Jesus for help. You needed you needed to be saved. Um from yourself, from, from your sins. You've asked him for help. And, and what's often described in the Bible to describe the relationship that we have with him is, is we call him father. We're, we're God's children. That's, that's pretty common. That's probably the number one thing that we call God in the Bible. Um, and when you're his child, you're under the authority of your parents, just like children here. And that's, that's a good thing, right? I think parents, parents would know that, right? I think, you know, if you have a two-year-old or a three-year-old, they might want to eat ice cream three meals a day or something like that. But it's a good thing that you have parents who want to feed you something different. But what? But for the two-year-old or three-year-old, that sucks, right? Like you think if your parents loved you, they'd let me eat ice cream three meals a day. They don't really, they don't really see it, right? They have tunnel vision on this, on this ice cream. Um, so it is really a good thing that we have, that we're under God's authority because he sees more than we do the same way that we see more than our kids do when they're young. Yeah, so why don't we go ahead, I'm going to, uh, like I said, it's Matthew 8, 23, this is the passage I'm going to base it on, so I'm going to go ahead and read here, it's talking about Jesus, it says this, and when he got into the boat, his disciples followed him, and behold, there arose a great storm on the sea, so that the boat was being swamped by the waves, but he was asleep, that's crazy, and they went and woke him, saying, save us, Lord, we are perishing, and he said to them, why are you afraid, O you of little faith? Then he rose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. And the men marveled, saying, What sort of man is this that even the winds and the sea obey him? And when he came to the other side, to the country of the Gadarenes, two demon-possessed men met him, coming out of the tombs, so fierce that no one could pass that way. And behold, they cried out, What have you to do with us, O Son of God? Have you come here to torment us before the time? Now a herd of many pigs was feeding at some distance from them, and the demons begged him, saying, If you... If you cast us out, send us away into the herd of pigs. And he said to them, Go. So they came out and went into the pigs. And behold, the whole herd rushed down the steep bank into the sea and drowned in the waters. 
The herdsmen fled, and going into the city, they told everything, especially what had happened to the demon-possessed men. And behold, all the city came out to meet Jesus, and when they saw him, they begged him to leave their region. Sometimes that seems a little bit weird, like, you know, when we have this perspective, and they tell him to leave, it seems a little bit off, but I think they were just terrified. You know, I think I'd be terrified, too, after seeing that. Let's continue on here. And getting into a boat, he crossed over and came to his own city. And behold, some people brought to him a paralytic lying on a bed. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Take heart, my son, your sins are forgiven. And behold, some of the scribes said to themselves, This man is blaspheming. But Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, Why do you think evil in your hearts? For which is easier to say, Your sins are forgiven, or to say, Rise and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, he then said to the paralytic, Rise, pick up your bed, and go home. And he rose and went home. And when the crowd saw it, they were afraid, and they glorified God who had given such authority to men. can't imagine what it would be like to see all this stuff. This is crazy. As Jesus passed on from there, he saw a man called Matthew sitting at the tax booth, and he said to him, follow me, and he rose and followed him. Isn't that a funny transaction when they just, they don't give you more details than that? Like he's walking by, hey, Matthew, follow me. He just rose and followed him. He didn't, you know, there was no thought. I don't understand. But... That, that verse 9 right there is what I want to focus on this morning. I want us to be in Matthew's shoes. Um, Jesus was pretty famous at this point. Even when he got off the boat, there's huge crowds of people flocking to him, bringing to him a paralytic to heal, to heal him, because they've heard the stories, right? He's going around all over the place healing people, and he's gotten a lot of attention for that, because the word is he's, he's actually doing this stuff. They're not just rumors, right? The whole world was turned upside down by this guy. He's so famous. Like, people are coming from such distant countries to come and see him, like, I, I can't even, it's just such a crazy feeling to imagine that, you know, some guy's getting off a boat and the whole town's just crowding around to see him. These people were so desperate to see and hear him, right? They're searching for something. And like I said, he's pretty famous, so Matthew would have heard, heard about this guy for sure. He's heard about some of these stories. You know, two paragraphs before this, Jesus is calming a storm. He has authority over nature. He casts out two demons right after that who were so fierce that no one else could even walk that way. And then he heals this paralytic guy. So Jesus walks by and he says, follow me. You know, and I think there's a reason that Matthew just dropped everything and followed him, right? And you hear that in the story of when Jesus calls the other disciples. There's some fishermen who he calls and he says, come follow me. I'll make you fishers of men. And they just leave everything and follow him. One of, some of them left their dad in the boat and they just bailed. And I want to dig into why they did that, right? Because these guys had a perspective on who Jesus was. They had a perspective on what an incredible honor it was to be called by Jesus to do something. Like, who are they, right? Who is Matthew sitting at his tax booth that this guy who's world famous, the whole world is turned upside down by this man. And he's walking, and he's, and he's choosing Matthew. He says, follow me. He's talking to him personally, right? Who is Matthew? Who are these fishermen? So of course they would leave everything. It was worth leaving everything. It was, they saw what an honor it was to follow Christ. And what I want to suggest to you this morning is that we're children of God and God has walked by our tax booths and asked us to follow him. But sometimes we lose a perspective on who's asking us, right? Sometimes it doesn't feel like, like, I don't know about you guys, but sometimes I don't feel like I would just walk away from everything if I heard a clear instruction from the Lord. I don't always feel like that, right? Sometimes it's pretty tough. Sometimes like a little kid who wants to eat ice cream three meals a day, we just get tunnel vision, you know, we get caught up, and I'm not just talking about the initial call from God to follow him, but just instruction, right? When you're a Christian, you live with, 
you live with Christ as your father. He instructs you. He's your friend. He shares with you in everything. He goes fishing with you. He's always doing this stuff. And when he instructs you as your father, sometimes I just, like I'm saying, I get tunnel vision. I get caught up in certain things. I start to whine, right? Do I have to? But that's so challenging. You know, I don't, I don't want to go there. I don't think that was a have-to moment for Matthew, right? Like he wasn't trying to negotiate a part-time settlement with Jesus. Can I follow you on Sundays? Can I follow you? You know, can I, can I just send you letters? You know, it, 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 was a, it was an abandon everything moment for Jesus. And what convicted me about this passage is I just think that if we consistently saw what an honor it was to, to respond to God's call, to follow who it is that we believe we're following, that it would change the way we make decisions when we feel guided to something, right? Like the Lord can be instructing you about a lot of things. And sometimes when I'm talking about authority and instruction or God guiding you to something, it turns into a to-do list, right? Like, okay, maybe maybe he's guiding me to a new job. Maybe I've got to go to Africa. Maybe I've got to read, you know, it's, it's, it's very simple stuff. But God can be leading you to, to many different things. Maybe maybe what he's leading you to do is, is to be loved by him. Maybe very good at sitting still and just believing that you're loved by him, right? But sometimes it's hard to keep a perspective on that. We get tunnel vision. So just really quick, am I, am I the only one that loses perspective on that? Is anybody else with me lose perspective on who it is that's, that's speaking to us, you know? Okay, that's awesome. So to be honest, that's, that's the majority of what I want to talk about this morning. I just wanted to bring that to our attention is that sometimes we need to see God. We need to see God for who he is when he's asking us to do things. We need to trust him, right, that he's God and he sees more than his kids, just like we see more than our kids and we guide them and lead them into good things. So if you're on the same page with me, if that's you, if you know that you lose that perspective sometimes, I want to I keep it simple and I'm actually going to read a short passage from Matthew 7. It's Matthew 7 verses 7 and I'm going to read through to 11. This is Jesus speaking and he says this, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks it will be opened. Or which one of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask of him? So Jesus is giving us a a pretty powerful piece of wisdom here, and he's making it pretty simple. If we as parents on earth know how to feed our children and give them good gifts, how much more will our Heavenly Father give us good gifts? Another way to see that is how much better of a parent is God to us, right? It's a pretty inconceivable gap. He's, got, he's God. He's got to be pretty far up there, at least 200%. You know, I'd, 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 I'd dare to put that number to it. But um, So he's making a simple point. Like, if we know how to do that and, and God is way above us, how much more is he going to give good gifts to those who ask of him? So... That was what it was on my heart to do this morning is to simply just ask him. If you feel like you've lost perspective on who it is who's guiding you, who it is you're following, who it is, who God is, I just want to ask him. I just want to spend some, a, a quick moment in prayer this morning. So let, let's pray. Let's do that. Lord, thank you for who you are. Thank you for what you did when you were in the form of Jesus here on earth. God, we repent of uh, getting caught up in things and getting tunnel vision, getting so focused on our circumstances that sometimes we lose sight of who it is that's guiding us. Sometimes that's what makes, us, makes it so hard to follow you is when we're caught up in these things. And God, we repent of that. 
We repent of, I'll speak for myself, God, I repent of, of choosing junk over the, the gold that you want to lead me into. I repent of choosing junk. And God, we just want to ask you, we just want to keep it simple like you instructed us. We want to trust that you want to give good gifts to your children. And God, we ask that you would give us perspective on who you are. Help us to keep that in mind. No matter where you're leading us, no matter how hard it is, even if it's something really small, maybe it's not the big things, but help us to trust you. Help us to know who you are as we go about our daily lives living with you. Help us to just keep that in mind and help us to see you more and even in a bigger way. Help us to just continue to be in awe and amazed by who you are. Take us deeper, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. So the word authority, like I said, for me, it has some baggage. Authority may have baggage for other people as well. Do I need to change mics? Am I cutting out? No? Okay, sorry. Authority has some baggage for some people, you know? Maybe, maybe and, and even father, right? Trusting that your father gives good gifts to you. Trusting that your heavenly father loves you. Um, Jesus is making a simple point, but it's not always easy because it's not always easy to trust that God is good. Your, your image of who your father is or your image of even an authority figure may be tainted by an authority figure here on earth or maybe your father here on earth. Um, so I wanted, to, I wanted to spend some time digging into that. I wanted to kind of reveal a little bit of God's character and who it is who our, who our true father is, what this God is like who wants us to be under his authority. Because he says here he's, he wants to give good things to those who ask of him. So there's a piece there about trusting that that's what he wants to do. There's a piece there about trusting that he wants to lead us into good places and that he's not going to hurt us, that he's not a sadist who just wants to see us suffering, right? So a couple verses that came to mind as I thought about this is, is John 15, 15. It says this, I no longer call you slaves, because a master doesn't confide in his slaves. Now you are my friends, since I have told you everything the Father told me. So this is Jesus speaking to his disciples and to us. And he says he doesn't call us slaves, because he doesn't confide in his slaves. Now you are my friends. So this is how audacious Christianity is. Like, I want, just want to give some context on what we're saying here. We believe that the God of the universe loved us to the point where he wanted to die to redeem a relationship with us. And he wants to be our parent and guide us into good things continually. It's not, it's not just an abstract religious belief that stays in a box your whole life. It's something that lives in you continually. And in that, he calls us friends. So he wants to be your father, and he, for good reasons, he wants to lead you into good things. He sees more than you see, and he also calls you a friend when he does that. It's both. You kind of have to see both to understand his character. These are both important pieces. You know, for me, that, that was an especial struggle because sometimes I think of God as a killjoy. God couldn't be a part of my hobbies, right? Like, I couldn't go fishing with God. I couldn't play video games with God. I couldn't have a coffee with God. It was very boxed in. It's very boxed. Oh, we're having coffee this morning. Jeez, I hope we can, you know. We're in some real trouble if that's the truth. But um, God's calling us as friends. Friends go fishing together. Friends drink coffee together. Friends can talk about everything. They can talk plainly. So he's calling you a friend at the same time as he's calling you his child and he's leading you. Proverbs 3, verses 11 to 12 says this. My child, don't reject the Lord's discipline and don't be upset when he corrects you. For the Lord corrects those he loves just as a father corrects a child in whom he delights. 
Don't reject the Lord's discipline and don't be upset when he corrects you. For the Lord corrects those he loves just as a father corrects a child in whom he delights. The Lord's leading us because he loves us. He sees better than us and he wants to lead us into good things. And I love that word delight. He just delights having relationships. Sometimes it's really simple. Sometimes he just delights in spending time with you. It's really that simple. He died to have a relationship with you. He loves you because of who you are, not what you do. That's hard for me to understand a lot of the time. Sometimes when I'm interacting with God, I'm trying to turn it into a to-do list, right? I'm trying to build up my value, and I'm just so focused on actions and rather than sitting with him, rather than just relating with him. He delights in us, just as a father corrects a child in whom he delights. It's powerful stuff. Then he said, sorry, this is Matthew 18, verse 3. Then he said, I tell you the truth. Unless you turn from your sins and become like little children, you will never get into the kingdom of heaven. So I wanted to include this one because it sounded important. That's just a big statement right there. Unless you turn from your sins and become like little children, you will never get into the kingdom of heaven. And I think a good way to look at this verse, a good perspective, is simply to say that we are little children, but sometimes we're in denial of that. Do you know what I mean? God is a father in comparison to us, if not literally. And I do believe he literally is a father to us too, but we won't. Let's tuck that away. And unless we become like little children, we would never get into the kingdom of heaven. So, yeah, I think that's just a reality of who we are. And, but sometimes we'd rather have Jesus be a consultant, right? Sometimes we need to become like little children. We're trying to have Jesus as someone that we can just kind of phone up here and there. Or maybe a colleague, someone that is on par with us. Um, you know, I think we all struggle with that. But unless we, unless we become like little children and say, I need help. Right, you can't get into the kingdom of heaven. I think that's what he's I think that's what he's saying there. So these are just some nuggets about who God is. When because it's important to understand who he is when you're talking about being under his authority. Otherwise that baggage really really sticks to it, right? Like you can see God as a slave driver, or you can see him as someone that's just interested in getting out of you all these works. But like I said, he loves you for who you are, not what you do. So this is, my, this is my challenge for you guys today is uh, maybe two things. The first is just, what, what is God saying? As, a, as his child today, what's he saying to you? Is he, is he guiding you to something? Maybe it's big, maybe it's small. Maybe he just wants to spend some more time with you. Maybe there's a piece of truth that he wants to speak to you. Maybe, he's, maybe it's something big. Maybe it's like a job or something. I don't know. But I just want to leave it wide open and keep it simple with you guys. What's God saying to you? And an encouragement to just see yourself as a child receiving instruction from a father who can see a lot more than we can see. And he has good intentions when he's doing it. Anywhere he's going to lead you, anything that he's saying to you. He says in, his, in the word that his will is life and life in abundance. That he has plans for good for us and not for evil. I'm really hammering that home because it's so important to trust that. And I have trouble trusting that. I think that's also why I'm hammering it home is because that's what the Lord's trying to minister to me is that I need to trust him. That wherever he would lead me, whatever he's saying to me, I need to trust him because he's taking me good places and he can see better than I can see. Wherever he would lead me is so much better than where I could lead myself, you know? I mean, seriously, I, I would make a pretty big mess of it. Um, I don't know. Yeah. And I guess, I guess kind of part two of that is, is, um, is there something for you to dig into in terms of trusting him? Is there a part of his character that you just don't trust as a father? Is there something he's speaking to there that he wants to reveal to you about himself?
so that you so that you trust him and that he's taking you good places. So I want to I want to close with this, and I really hammered through this summer Sundays. <laughs> um, I want to I want to close in, in praying for salvation. Um, if you're a, if you're a Christian, if you're a child of God this morning, I'm just going to invite you to spend some time silently praying for for children of God that God is calling home, children that are lost that God wants to bring home. So if you're, if you're a Christian already here this morning, I'm just going to invite you to pray for that silently. And I'm going to lead us in a prayer. If you're, if you're not a Christian here this morning, I just want to say welcome, and you're actually really welcome with doubts and questions. Um, it's really important to be real with God. God usually withdraws if you're being fake. No one in church is asking you to fake it. Or Okay, I'm not, ask, I'm not asking you to fake it. We're not asking you to fake it. It's important to be real. So you're super welcome as you are with any doubts, questions. That's, that's awesome. But if you're here this morning and you know that you, you need help, you want this father that I'm talking about who is also God, who will lead you into good things and calls you a friend when he does it, I'm just going to lead us in a prayer for that. And you can repeat after me however you feel comfortable. And then I'm just going to leave us in silence for a little while. And you can just talk to him as if he's sitting right there with you. Because he's alive today. Jesus died and rose again and he lives today. And we can just talk to him and relate with him. That's how he's his friend. That's why I'm saying he can go fishing with you. He's always around. You can just talk to him like you would talk to someone sitting next to you. So if you're, if you're looking to take that plunge today, feel free to repeat after me and then I'm going to leave it in silence. And you can just talk to him. And if you're a Christian, let's just lift up the prayers for our community or maybe there's someone specifically on your heart that you know God is calling home. Lord Jesus, I want to receive this gift you have for me. I want to call you my father. I want to come home. I'm sorry for my sins. Would you show me who you are for real? So go ahead, just speak to him as if he's sitting right next to you. Amen. Just because the guy at the front says amen doesn't mean you have to stop talking to him, by the way. He can hear you in your head and stuff. You can write. You can freestyle rap if you want to. You can pray however you want, you know. Um, yeah, so last piece is just uh, just an encouragement that, you know, sometimes sometimes the Lord is speaking something to you on the morning and sometimes it just slips. So just an encouragement to follow up. You know, talk to me. Talk to whoever you came with. If you made the plunge today, welcome home. Uh, welcome home to the family. Um, and just talk to someone, just follow up on what's, what's chewing in your mind, you know, this is what brothers or sisters are for, it's just to discuss this stuff, and just to support each other as we go deeper in that, so, uh, yeah, thanks for, thanks for listening, and I guess you guys can be dismissed, Aaron, is that okay? Yeah, you guys are dismissed, thanks a lot.